You are listening to Deeply Connected. I'm your host, Ludmiwa Woodruff, and I am here to help you heal relationship patterns with yourself and others so you can create conscious relationships through connection and authentic love. Now, let's focus on getting you deeply connected to yourself and those around you. Welcome back to Deeply Connected for a Q&A episode where I will answer some questions of my clients and my audience. I hope you will enjoy it. If you are, so there was a question from the audience and if you are a single woman who has been dating a specific type of man and you opened yourself up to dating different types of men, but you still create the same outcome in your dating life, I want to offer that changing and being open to different types of men uh, doesn't mean that you have changed enough to change the pattern. So let's go back to that first. Everything in the relationship space starts with you. So you might say, okay, I've been dating all these men that have to look a certain way, that have to be ambitious, make X amount of money over six figures, and they have to look, you know, have blonde eyes and you've been dating them. And then at some point you realize this is not working out. So let me open the scope of who I'm going out with. That's great. And that's a really good beginning of changing a pattern. And at the same time, if you haven't changed or work through your intimacy fears, no matter who you are dating, it will be very difficult to create a different outcome. So you can be dating somebody who, let's say, maybe is more open and is different from your previous experiences with men. But if you still have fear of being vulnerable, fear of sharing your emotions and sharing yourself vulnerably and being not very um, tense or very... I would say overprepared for the dating process and always being serious and always making sure that you are performing and proving yourself in your dating life, you will still create the same outcome, meaning you will be single because good quality of men are not attracted or not looking for, for a performer in their love life. They are looking for a connection, emotional connection. And if being open and vulnerable about how you feel and what you desire and what you don't like is still very hard for you, you will still be creating the same, the same patterns in your dating and how you communicate. So really healthy masculine men want emotional connection. They don't want somebody who is performing. They don't want somebody to matter them. They don't want somebody that is chasing them and you know scheduling the date. So if this is a pattern that you are engaging in, it doesn't matter who you go out with, the outcome will be still the same. So you really need to look inwards first so you can change who you date, but without changing something inside of you that is creating the same result, nothing will change for you. So you really need to look at, am I open emotionally? Is my heart open? Do I know my values? When I go on dates, am I very in my head or am I in my body? When I sometimes say to my clients, when you go on a date, drop into your body and breathe. And I even say like, open your heart, drop into your vagina. And if you are like, what does it even mean? Yeah, it means you are not in your body and it's very difficult for you and you will be constantly thinking on your dates. And if you are dating successful men, they are around masculine thinking, strategizing energy all the time with their colleagues or their employees. So when they go on a date, they are looking for a completely different experience. And if you don't know how to be soft and feminine and really in your more true essence, you will be still creating the same results. So I will say I would look 
at your own patterns and how you are showing up in the dating life. And sometimes I have clients that say, but I'm so aware, I'm so, you know, I've read all the books. Yes, and I still feel your wall. So no matter how many books you read, you need to start applying the new way, new way of relating to yourself and other people. So I would really encourage you to be very curious without judgment about how am I really? Am I really open or am I really still fearful and my heart is closed and I put the best dress and I put the makeup on and, you know, you can be the most educated woman in the room. You can be the most good looking in the room and you will still not be able to, to get to the relationship of your dreams because the way you look and, you know, your IQ doesn't do anything for connection. It does something. But if there is this missing piece of emotional connection and emotional experience, like when a man is with you and leave the man even outside, when you are with yourself and you cannot create an emotional experience for yourself that feels, that feels, not things, that feels amazing, that feels like this, you know, I look at the, at the sky every day and I look at the clouds and sometimes they look like cotton candy and I can almost feel the taste of the cotton candy in my mouth. If you don't have those experiences with yourself of connecting to yourself through your senses, you can look like the best model on a catwalk and you will still be single. If you are single and over 30, I want you to keep watching out for the stories that can be blocking your opportunity for love and possibility of a relationship. Those are the main stories I hear from women. All good men are taken. There are not no good men out there. It is too late for me. Look at my age. I need to settle. I cannot trust men. Men say one thing, they do the other. I've been with those kind of men before. When I encourage my clients to go on dating apps, the response very often is, there is nobody interesting on the app. All those men are just low, low vibration. And I ask, are you on the app? Are you low vibration? So you think you are the only woman with a high vibration if you can get there on this app, if you are the only quality woman? No, you are not. And the same goes for men. So it's not that there are no good men out there. It's your picker is not really working. You are picking the wrong type of man. So a lot of the stories are also, it is too late for me. Like, like all the men are taken. There is something wrong with me. I'm too much. I'm too emotional. Uh, men are not looking for committed relationships. They just are looking for fun. Uh, all men cheat, especially if you've experienced your father cheating or you know, you were cheated on in your previous relationship. This can be this repetitive story. If you experience some kind of emotional abuse, you know, I cannot trust men because they will hurt me. So there are different types of stories that are blocking you from really putting yourself out there. And, and as I said before, you can be the most accomplished woman. You can be, you know, wearing the most beautiful outfit and being the star of the room and there will be still lack of connection for you because when we have those conscious and unconscious stories about men, about ourselves, about possibilities of what is out there for us possible in love and relationships, we have some type of energy and that energy is not an invitation. This energy is something that will push people away. And I'm not a man. And when I'm sometimes around women who are operating from this energy, I don't even want to be around them because the energy is the one of this is a wall. I don't trust. My heart is closed. And you don't tell me this, but I can feel it from you. And we so much focus on how we look on, on this, you know, 
and we all love to look great, let, don't get me wrong, but we focus so much on the external, how I look, that we forget how we present in our feelings and our energy. And the energy is more important than how you look. Sometimes you can, you can find a woman who is not like no makeup, no fancy clothes, and she's walking with the most gorgeous man who is committed to her, who is taking care of her, and you wonder what is happening here. Well, what is happening? She's in her energy of loving herself. She's energy of openness and receiving. And she doesn't have the stories that men are not to be trusted, that men are cheaters, that there are not good men out there and that it's too late for her to, to find someone. So really those unconscious beliefs will present themselves in your energy and how you make people feel. And you can smile and you can look great and I can still feel you that this is not an energy that I want to enter or it's not a welcoming energy. So check your stories about men. And the question to ask, what do I think about men? What do I think about long-term relationships? What do I uh, think about men and trust? Um, and what do I believe about myself and, and love and relationships? Because you will really find a lot. Like for example, I had a client and she lives in a big city, but on her political views, the city she lives in, it's more not of her political views, right? And I told her, okay, go and meet men and you are on the app. And her story was, I live in the city. All the men that are here don't believe the same things that I do about human rights, women's rights, all the things. And I said, oh, so interesting. So do you have more friends that believe the same things that you do? And she's like, yes. Do they live with you and next to you? Yes. So I say, so you have girlfriends that have the same beliefs, but you don't think that in your city you have more men of the same beliefs? So it doesn't matter what you can, what, it really doesn't matter um, what you find proof for. It's like, what kind of proof are you looking for? Correct? So if you, let's say, are a Democrat and you live in Alabama or Texas and, and you say, oh my goodness, how am I going to find somebody who has the same beliefs? That's a wrong question. Like there is already somebody with the same beliefs wherever you live. It's just you believing that they are there looking for you and you will attract them because that's exactly what you are looking for. And that's your energy. So really check yourself on all your beliefs uh, because as not important as they, as they feel to you, they are very, very important because they create some kind of feeling and energy. If you are a single woman and you've been seeing someone for some time and you like them, first of all, before even going into the conversation about exclusivity, I want you to check with yourself if you are clear on your values and his values. If you've witnessed him in stress, stress situations where there is a lot of stress or not, how does he navigate conflict? How do you respond? I want you to really check if, there, if you are aligned on the lifestyle if you had some conversations about money already or sex. And I understand you can discuss that in exclusive relationship, but you already have to have some kind of knowledge of that before you even step into exclusive relationship. Because if you want to go exclusive, it means you are working towards marriage, right? Or long-term, depending on what you are looking for. If you just want partnership, that's great. If you want marriage, why would you go and try to figure out if you are going to be exclusive if your values are not aligned, if you have very different thoughts of money and spending. So you need to really check yourself on what you both think about money, kids, uh, lifestyle, how your personality wise and how, how is your attachment style, are you aligning or not? And let's say everything is great. Let's say you are very clear and say, yes, it is all aligned and we've been dating for two, three months 
and he's not asking he's not asking me for exclusivity but i'm interested so there is a way to do that so after you check all the boxes and you say yes this is a great candidate for me we say this so as women we are not forcing we are not uh chasing we are just stating what we want and then we give them a man an opportunity to take step forward or take step back and it can look like say the man you are dating and his name is dave and you can say Dave, I've been loving our time together. We are so aligned on what we want in life and what we want in relationships. I feel wonderful when when, you know, we are on our adventures. I feel wonderful in your company. I am really looking for somebody for a, you know, long-term relationship and marriage and when I look at us, I think we have we are very aligned and I'm just wondering um what do you think? What do you think? Where are you with your thoughts on where we are at? And then you leave it up to him. Do you see how I did that? I just shared what I felt so it's very feminine. I'm very open, but I am not forcing him. I'm telling him how I feel and then I say, "What do you think? Where are we headed? Where are we at right now?" And he can answer and say, "You know, I'm enjoying myself, but I'm not ready yet for the next step." And that might be true for him. and he's allowed to think so and or he can say i'm very interested in you and i would love us to become exclusive so if he says he wants to be exclusive then of course you know your answer but if he says i'm not you know i'm enjoying your company i need more time to you know to figure it out for myself how how we go further i want you to check how you feel when that happens but also this is your opportunity to say whatever you feel you can say oh i understand that and it's of course you know i'm i'm thankful for your honest reply and i will be still seeing you and as i'm seeing you i will be also exploring other men because i'm really looking for a long term relationship and until we are in exclusive relationship i also want to make sure that i'm putting myself out there if that's what you want i advise my clients to see more than one man without sex and without commitment because what happens is we can really put all of our eggs in one basket and we get so attached and when he's not ready we kind of have to start from the scratch again correct so we are honest we are not lying we are very transparent so you can be going out with four men you are not sleeping with any of them and you are just exploring them and depending on which one puts more effort and with which one you are more aligned it's it's really working in your favor but it's also working in their favor because they are exploring you and they are learning what they like and who they like so it's you know both sides it works in in both sides but i think women so often immediately attach to one person and then they think like okay if i'm just here and i give all of me to to this person in 2 3 months we will be exclusive but maybe he's not ready and it's his right not to be ready but then after 3 months you are kind of left to yourself and thinking well i just spent 3 months investing in one person now what so i tell women you are always uh you know just ask if you want to just ask in a way that it's not pushing controlling and 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 urgent just ask so you can understand where it's going so you can make the best decision for yourself so if you are realizing finally as a woman what your patterns are in your relationships for example if you have this need to control or you have pattern of feeling like a victim in your relationships and poor me and i understand that if you realize that's my pattern so that's first step like this awareness of this is this is what i do 
and there are reasons for it. And now I want to change it. So first of all, you have to be clear. This is what I do. Secondly, you need to realize what the schema is, this implicit belief underneath that is driving this behavior, because there is some kind of belief that I have to feel like a victim because of, and I don't know what it is for you, right? So for example, I, I want to feel empowered in my relationships, in my relationship or relationships, but every time Every time I step into my power or step into boundaries and, and voicing my, my needs, I am being dismissed. It reminds me of my childhood when I was made small and wrong for, you know, asking for what I need. And when my father did that, I felt like a victim. Like I, I, that's, that's, there's something wrong with me. Like I'm creating this issue. So, so I have learned that you know, I don't have influence on what is happening in my life. I don't have influence on how, how my needs are being met. So yes, I'm pretty victim. There is not much power within me. So it is very important for me that I stay, you know, in this victim mode because every time I show up as fully myself, I get criticized. I get, I get to be told that I'm too much. So it's so much safer to keep the, the connection when I victimize myself. Okay. So that's one idea of schema, this implicit belief, like we opened the file in unconsciousness, took it out. Now we can really integrate that. That's number one. And when we integrate, this is what I do with my clients is like when we have the schema, I ask them to read it every single day because we took it from unconscious belief to conscious belief. And now we are integrating it within our awareness. So it was unaware belief, unconscious. Now it's very conscious. And as we are realizing it and you are reading it to yourself, you start thinking, I don't really want to be victimized. Like that makes no sense. I mean, it made sense maybe 30 years ago, but I'm an adult right now and I want to be self-expressed. So correct. That's number one. Number two, we have an exercise when we look at the different parts of you, like the part that says, I, I choose to be in the victim. You know, I choose to be a victim or respond like a victim in my relationships. And we really map it out and you see all the stories, all the beliefs, all the feelings connected to this part of your of your psyche and to that schema. And when you become so aware of not just like, yes, I, I'm a victim, I choose to be a victim in my relationships, but really like the whole map around this, this belief, you are so much more inclined to change it. That's number one. And then I think you also need accountability, meaning not only understanding and processing and integrating, but now what steps do I take in a relationship or next interaction with someone? When I feel I'm going to the victim mode, I can check myself and say, okay, I'm going there again. Let me step back and figure out what are the feelings. And because you've already done the, done the exercise of the beliefs and stories and feelings, you can be like, oh yeah, this, this, this is the part that wants to feel you know, safe. And because when I'm more in a victim mode, I'm more accepted and more, you know, you can deal with me more. So it really helps you to start integrating and creating other relationships. And in, in the beginning, it can look messy, but it's okay. In the beginning, you can still react as a victim or respond, but with your new awareness and shifting of your belief, you can step back and come back and then repair. Meaning, you know what? I felt like a victim here, but let me let me let me really change what I wanted to say to you. And this is really what I wanted to say. And I want to own this part of this relationship dynamic right now and how it goes. So this is what I wanted to say, not this. And this is what I really want and would love from you. And 
yeah, this is where I am. And when you do that, you create a disconforming experience, a different experience. You are not a victim anymore in that situation. And it will feel uncomfortable at first. But with repetition, you are literally rewriting the new belief, meaning when I'm empowered and I'm fully expressed, I'm still received and it is safe to be me. This is for the women that have been in a relationship for a long time or married for, you know, five years, six years, seven, ten, whatever that is for you. And if you have kids and you are both working, the load can be heavy. So I understand that there can be a lot of demands pulling you in different directions. And I want to mention that if we want to keep our relationship fresh and we want the passion and desire to be there, you need to be very aware of your patterns and how you manage your emotions. First of all, do you have tools to self-regulate and co-regulate with your partner, but also outside of your partnership? How can you co-regulate with your friends, your family, and not put all the emotional burden on the one person that you also want to be intimate with and desired by? Because, um, you know, one of uh, my mentors, Esther Perel, she says, for this long-term relationships that, that are thriving and we need safety and security and familiarity. But with that comes, right, this like, I know you so much that it's almost too familiar. And then we want desire and pleasure and mystery. But when we are so secure and we know so much about you, how can we still feel this desire and pleasure? Because desire and pleasure comes from something new, something unexpected, something different. So when we bring all of our emotional baggage every single day to the relationship and we complain how tired we are and we say, I'm carrying so much and we just dump on our partners day in and day out, let me tell you this, not only is this desire and pleasure going down and going down and going down, the connection and stability of the relationship starts to be threatened because relationships are not built on, on venting. Yes, there is support in a relationship, but relationships, great relationships are not built on emotional dumping all the time. So I would advise you if you have so much going on, I understand you and I hear you because I have two kids. I've been married for 12 years and we both work. You know, I run my business. My husband is in corporate and he travels a lot. It's very demanding. And I also had to find a way. How can I support myself when he's not there? And even if he's there, how can I support myself in different ways so I don't dump on him? And also he doesn't feel like responsible for my well-being constantly because I'm not his child. I'm his partner. So I can ask for support. I can ask for help, but he cannot be my fixer. He cannot be my therapist. We can share a lot of things and connect, but you have to find creative ways to, to really process what you're going through. You have to find creative ways and, and take responsibility for the choices you make. If you are unhappy with your job and you come home every day and complain about your job, well, you can choose to quit and choose another job or you can change your attitude. But not changing anything and complaining over and over will poison your relationship. Literally, will poison. there will be no attraction because are you attracted to complainers? Are you attracted to people with negative energy? No, you are not. You want to feel inspired by your, by your partner. And of course, there are seasons in the partnership where there is grief and loss of sickness or depression. Yes, we are there and committed and also understanding that we see in the other person that they also keep growing and they keep evolving. And they, even if they have seasons where it's not going so well, that overall we know them and they will 
at some point choose themselves again and and work to come back to themselves again again and their wholeness so i would say start with yourself and your own patterns start to learn where your you know emotional dysregulation is coming from what are you lacking is it lack of boundaries is it lack of self-care is it some unhealed you know core wounds that you haven't dealt with and and now they are coming out in that way Uh, are you overwhelmed you are not sleeping enough you are taking on too much because you know, your value comes from performing. So there are so many things to consider, but I will always say before blaming the partner in the relationship, come back to yourself and really edit how you are engaging with yourself, your emotions and and your life in general. For women who are in relationships and are high achievers, control is one of the protection mechanisms that is very common, very common. When we as children felt responsible or were held responsible for ourselves, but not ourselves only, but for the moods of our parents, for taking care of our siblings, for becoming very independent too soon, uh, we were held to this higher standard and we felt maybe out of control or we had a lot of expectations put on us by our caregivers and we need to become this A-type personalities that, you know, can manage everything well, otherwise we are being shamed, otherwise we are being experiencing disconnection or disappointment from our parents, correct? Like it makes all sense, you make sense. You learn how to control yourself, but you also learn how to control your environment. So for example, if you were responsible for your younger siblings and your parents told you they cannot go outside and then by accident your brother left the house and you know now you are hold, held responsible for it and this is your problem. It's your responsibility, even though you are nine years old, let's say. You very often learn, and there is a very heightened response from your reaction from your parents. You learn, oh, wow, I didn't do a good job. I disappointed my parents. I could have hurt my sibling because of my inattention. So you become so focused on you become very hyper vigilant and and you want to do a good job because when you do a good job, you are a good girl and there is connection and there is praise and there is validation when you are not in control and when you are not doing per se the good job, right? According to your caregivers or how they react to you, you feel like you are not accepted. You feel like there is something wrong with you and you are not being responsible. So first we need to understand when the control, where the control comes from. And there are different ways we can discover that. So when we know why, then we really look at how is this control? And I can already tell you, it is very negative for your intimate relationship because nobody wants to be controlled. I I'm a woman and I don't like to be controlled, but men in general like their freedom um, because they need more space sometimes than, than, than women. So the control is doing to sexual attraction, literally this. You control and, you know, this goes down. There is nothing happening in the bedroom, okay? Because who wants to be controlled and told what to do and mothered? So when I control you, I'm pretty much mothering you. And who wants to sleep with their mother? Nobody. So, I mean, some people do, but those are not type of my clients, okay? And no shame, but there is something else happening there. So really understanding that control is a protection mechanism because we don't want to feel this low self-esteem about ourselves when things don't go our way or don't go in the way of our partner. A lot of women don't want to be controlling because it requires a lot of energy and focus. It requires a lot of you to be always on and always making sure everything goes well and that things are done in a specific way. So it's really exhausting. It, it leads to a lot of burnout and 
It's like you are constantly in your head thinking, what do I need to do next that everything, you know, works out perfectly? Because when everything works out perfectly, there is no danger that I will be rejected or shamed or I will feel bad that I didn't do a good job. So women, when they come to me and they want to let go of control, they already know it on some level. So we really work at how did it start? What's the implicit belief underneath? And then we look at what the control is creating already in their relationships and it's never anything positive. And... We then start learning with the with you know understanding the different parts of the psyche and the schema. What do you really need? I want to be more open. I want to be more gentle. I want to trust more. I don't have to control so I can feel good about myself. I can let things go and I'm still valuable. So you really start letting it go. So if you have a, if you have a disagreement with your husband and you try to control it, instead of controlling it, if you, even if you go there. You need to lean back and you come back and you apologize. And it is so hard for women to apologize and admit that they did something wrong or they were not right when we were high achievers. So stepping into that and saying, you know, honey, that was on me. I was trying to fix it too much. And, you know, it's it, it really doesn't it's it's not necessary. And and I apologize. It it didn't feel really great. You will be received very, very well. And the more you do that, the more you learn that really letting go of control creates more intimacy. And that's what you want. And that's all the women want. So it's work that takes practice as everything. But with the schema and understanding the beliefs, my clients are able to shift that and are able to slowly but surely start letting go of control in different parts of their life and in their relationships. So if you're a woman who experienced infidelity in your relationship, but you are still staying and you want to work it out, I want you to know that you have to give yourself a lot of grace and patience because this is not something that, you know, you will just work through in one day and you are over with because it really has to do with trust, correct? Now, understanding, and I think it's hard, but really understanding why it happened in some ways and you might not like the reasons depending on a man, right? What happened? Sometimes we are not responsible for them cheating in any way. And we can also create a disconnection in a relationship. We, we have a role that influences what happens. We are not responsible for their actions, but we are responsible for maybe a disconnection in the relationship, correct? So we are not held responsible for their cheating. It's their decision. It's what they choose to do. We can be held responsible for emotional, sexual, sensual disconnection and desire in the relationship. So that's what we can look at and really be open if we want to work on it or not. We really understand our part of just disconnection in the relationship. Secondly, depending on the partner, if somebody has unprocessed trauma, if a man has unprocessed trauma that pushes him towards cheating and he's not doing any therapy, I would consider if this is where you want to stay because... I understand that trauma can create a lot of different responses and different ways of looking for belonging. And for some people, it's porn and cheating. And we are trying to look for ourselves and trying to look for, I'm finally worthy. And, and the more I cheat and the more porn I watch, it's still not fixed because there is something within me that doesn't feel whole and worthy enough. So if that's the case, then if the man is not doing any therapy, I'm, I mean, I certainly have to say that it will repeat again. If that's not the case and it was one time off and, you know, he has an, let's say, explanation, right? I mean, like we have to, we need to understand why we cheat. Like not everything is for sex. A lot of cheating happens because we are craving something new, something not mundane, something that we connect to. And so for a lot of men, because they were not allowed to feel and express emotions, 
sexual um, engagement is one of the ways that they really connect to another person. So if we as women hold sex back, if we as women hold our emotions back and vulnerability and connection, that may leave him hanging there, still not responsible for his cheating because he can come to you and say, babe, I'm feeling very disconnected. And I know it's hard for men to do. I understand that. But Going and cheating is also not easy. So we have options, correct? If let's say you have been a great partner and you know you haven't contributed to this disconnection and he goes cheating and you choose to say like you really need to help uh, look for some outside help of the, you know, outside of your marriage because I think it's going to be hard by two of you to fix that and build the trust because you need to understand what is happening with him and you need to understand what is happening with you, how you feel about it. Why do you want to give it another chance? Are you giving it a chance because you don't feel secure or you give it another chance because you want to start, it's like a new relationship with him, right? So why are, why are we staying? We need to understand that. And we need to understand what happened that he made that choice. Because if we don't understand why he made that choice in a way, like how do I know you are not going to make it again? Is there a need that's not being met? Is it a you problem? Is it an us problem? Again, we are not responsible for their cheating. Because that's something you go and do by yourself. <laughs> you can be unhappy in a marriage and you don't have to cheat. Is there that, you know, you are now considering an open marriage and you are not telling me and just doing it on the side? Well, that needs to be discussed, correct? So some people can really work through it and can create relationship 2.0, right? And, and the next relationship with the same person. And for some people, it is very hard to work through it. So finding some outside help and support, figuring out why it happened, what was missing in a relationship or what was missing within that person that decided to step out of the marriage. And so I know we are talking about women being cheated on, but men are cheated on too. So it's like, it goes both sides. If you are a woman and you want to cheat, why do you want to cheat? Do you feel unloved? Do you feel unsupported? Do you feel lonely? Are you staying in a relationship where you are emotionally disconnected? Or is it, your again, your low self-esteem and you haven't been complimented? You haven't complimented yourself and you are not complimented. So you are looking for somebody to give you attention. There are so many reasons why people cheat. People sometimes cheat because something traumatic happens like, you know, I hear a lot that if one of your parents dies, let's say, and you've been living your life by their design, you haven't done any therapy and you've been like this person that they have created and they die and you feel like, wow, life is short. You have this kind of awakening and like, do I want to be this person that I am? Do I really want to live my life? And then a lot of people start cheating because they're like looking for rebirth within themselves. You know, when you get mundane in your own life and then something like this happens, it's like literally you are losing one of the most important people in your life. Something can shift within you and you are looking for something new and you are looking for something to revive you and connect you to you. And one of those ways is by having sex outside of your relationship. And so um, there are so many reasons. So it's really very personal. I would say look for, for help, look for support, look for understanding, look for really processing how you feel about this and how this influences your own self-esteem when that happens and how you can start slowly rebuilding the trust with, it, with, with him and also within the relationship. So if you're in a relationship and you are a high achiever and you feel overwhelmed and anxious and scattered and you feel like you are doing it all on your own and you can have a great spouse and still feel like this, right? So it's not that it has to be a bad marriage. It's just you feel 
like, wow, I'm carrying a lot and I don't feel supported and I- I'm juggling so many things. First of all, I know it's valid and you literally feel like that. Okay. First of all, I would really check what can I delegate? Like just let's say it's, let's look at the practical things and then really get to what it can be, you know, triggered by, but what can I delegate? Can I hire help? Can I hire help for the house cleaning, for the cooking, for the kids? Because if you're a high achiever, you can afford that normally. Like if you are both high achievers working together and you have a household, you need some help because something needs to give. Okay. So really looking at what can I delegate, then looking at what am I doing just because I have to do it. No, just because I think I have to do it, but I really don't. If I didn't have to do it, what would happen? Like literally, so first delegating, secondly, asking for every action that you are taking, is this really necessary? Like for example, baking cookies for the PTA. Are you really doing this because you want to, or are you doing it because you want to be perceived as a great mom and you feel guilty that you work so much? So now you are overextending over here because a lot of women do that, okay? By the way, I don't, I never baked cookies. I just go and buy them if I need to. I've learned, like, I just, you need to be just honest with yourself. So check in with your guilt. Am I doing this and engaging with activities and saying yes, because I feel guilty that I'm working too much and I'm not there for my family or I want to be a perfect wife from a magazine. So many high achievers think they can do it all. And let me tell you, nobody's doing it all by themselves. Nobody. If somebody tells you that they're doing it all with no help, they're lying. Okay. Especially if you are a high achiever and you are married to a high achiever. So, and you have kids, let me tell you, and their activities. So hiring help, saying no to things for the right reasons. Now you really need to check yourself. What is this, this picture that you are painting and where's this belief coming from that you have to be all the things to all the people and, and saying, yes, where is this coming from? Because it's coming from somewhere. You've seen your mother doing it or your mother was not doing it. Nobody was doing it and you had to figure it out. So you became uber independent. It can come from different places, correct? So was your mother doing it all and your father was just working, coming home and everything is taken care of? If that's what you were modeled, you might be doing it. Or nobody took care of you and you had to become so uber independent that now you are doing everything, even though you are not in survival and you are married to a good man, okay? There can be different reasons. So you need to check that. Um, If you decide to delegate, say no, and understand where, where your behaviors are coming from, how uncomfortable it is to let it all go. Hmm. If I let go of this and I'm not performing, where is my validation coming from right now? And I'm sure it's going to show up for you. So you have this idea of if I'm not doing performing and, and working, where's my value? <sighs> like where, where, how do I feel valuable? Like I need to be doing more. So again, it's an internal job right now to figure it out. Where is this coming from? Um, asking for support from your partner. Literally, we can emasculate our man. We take over. I, at some point, started doing it in my marriage that I almost scared him away from the kitchen because I took over at some point. Like, you know, you become a mom and you go into this mothering mode because you have to nurture your child and then you start taking over. And at some point, I noticed that and I said, wow, he used to cook and now he's not cooking. And like, how did that happen? And it's not because he doesn't want to help. It's because every time he would be in the kitchen and be like, you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to do it different way. So pretty much I scared him away. So I had to realize that and then change my pattern. So he's now back with me and, you know, he came back and, and he loves cooking. And even I could hear him say like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. You know what I mean? It's like he takes pride of, of making meals for us. So 
really checking in with yourself how you are pushing your man away and take over again, controlling and fixing and organizing and, and being the leader all the time where you don't have to be doing that. You don't have to be doing that. You don't have to be managing all the things and having, I think a lot of high achievers wants to have this, want to be seen in a very positive light. They want to be seen as this amazing, uber successful people, but also as a great mother and a great wife. And we put the expectations so high for ourselves that for others to see us in this light, we keep doing all those things. Like I had another client and she said she started organizing some meetings in her house and she thought her husband, you know, agreed to that with her. And as we were working together, she said, you know what, Ludmila, I don't think he really wanted it. He just agreed because I was pushing for it. And I took his yes as he's with me, with the plan. But every time we have people over, it's me organizing and it's exhausting. And I said, well, yes, because you really didn't pay attention to his response. You wanted to organize it. You wanted to give because you get value from giving. And now you are expecting him to adjust with you. So there are so in, there's so many ways that we do it as women unconsciously. And bless your heart. But you don't have to be doing it all. You don't have to be feeling unsupported. And anxiety literally comes from doing the things you don't want to, but you are pushing yourself to do it because you want to feel a certain way, because you don't trust to lean on other people. Um, so anxiety and overwhelm are very often, you know, created by us internally or by unprocessed trauma that has not been addressed. So I want you to know that you don't have to be doing it all and you are still amazing and a high achiever and fabulous. So really learning and leaning into the places where you can release What's on your plate instead of taking more on? So if you are wondering when is a good moment or time to reach out for support, therapy or coaching, let's say, and how is that different from talking to your friends? So much to say. Uh, the time is now. The time is now because you don't have to wait until it's really bad <laughs> to get support. You can be very proactive. Unfortunately, we wait you know, as women, we wait, we give to our kids, we spend money on everything but ourselves. Literally, I have high achievers tell me, you know, I have three businesses, I'm working as a doctor, I'm driving my kids everywhere, or I'm single and I'm still giving to my parents and my friends, but I don't give to myself. I never do anything for myself. It's like a batch of honor. So get the support right now, because being proactive in your relationships, there is no disadvantage to that. And I will tell you, therapy or coaching, you will always learn something you will always gain something from that experience, no matter what. And of course, you have to find a great fit for yourself, okay? Because not every client is aligned with me or a good fit. Not every therapist is the therapist for you. So, but if you are thinking about this, that's the moment to get it, okay? There is never a bad time to, to have support. And I think we really need to normalize that because we only know what we know and we don't see our blind spots, yeah, we are very smart and intelligent women. And, and we're like, I know all the things. I have my clients tell me all the time. I, f I thought I was so self-aware. Wow. I didn't see this and I seen this, this. And wow, what was I doing in relationships? We don't see our blind spot because what we do and who we are, it is so familiar and normal to how we were raised. So that's normal. So I know everything and I read all the books and I'm aware. No, you are not. Very often you are not. 
So get the support right now. It's very beneficial. How is this different from talking to your friends? So imagine if your partner, if you are disappointed in your partner or you're in your dating experience and you go to your friends and you say, I cannot believe this. There is no good man out there. I'm on those apps and you just, you need to see all those crazy men. They just want sex. Guess what your friends will say? Oh my God, it's the same for me. It's horrible. I agree with you. Those men and do you see where it's going? Do you see where it's going? First of all, it's not solving your problem. It's keeping you in low vibration and they just and they just reaffirm your belief that there are no good men out there. So they are not really helping you to feel more empowered. They are not helping you to get to the relationship you want. They're just your friends and they will just go with the beliefs that you have normally. Most of the time because they want to be supportive. They are not your therapist. If you are married and you know, I had to check myself before because now I understand so much more. When I would have friends come to me and I knew them and their partners and amazing people, but they had unprocessed trauma, let's say that their husbands and they would complain to me and say, you know, my husband is amazing, but when he drinks, it's, I just cannot handle it sometimes. Like it happens twice a year, but it's too much. I literally, as a friend, want to say, what the heck are you doing? Like, why are you staying with a man who drinks and then rages and then you don't feel safe? Like right as a friend, as a woman, it's like, it can trigger you. Well, me as a coach, I will never say that because I need to understand why you are staying. What, what, what do you really are looking for? Are you looking for me to listen? Are you looking for guidance? Are you looking for healing a part of you that, you know, feels like you cannot set a boundary? What are you really looking for? So in coaching or in therapy, we really work on understanding ourselves and yourself, understanding your patterns, your choices, your boundaries, why, you know, how you engage with your partner. In friendships, very often we will judge and project our own relationships, not because we are mean or we don't care, but we are just socializing. And I can only speak to your experience from my experience. I don't have the education and training and, and you know, uh, depth of scope of understanding what is happening. So do you need friend support? Yes, you do, but they are not your coach. They cannot be a, a party that is not emotionally involved in the situation. When you come to coach or a therapist, I am not swimming in a pool with you. I am not jumping in and drowning with you. I am, I am you know, throwing you floaties so you can grab them and get yourself out, yourself out of the pool. So this is such a big difference between going to somebody who, you know, who is an expert or who is trained in that field and your friends and Bless heart your friends, because I'm a friend to some women too. And thank God I have some training. And still we can, you know, in, in those social engagements, we can get so activated or emotional because we want our girlfriends to be happy and we want our girlfriends to, to have good relationships. And I think what happens over time is if we complain over and over and over our partner, our friends can start disliking him, but then we still stay with him. And then it can become very awkward when we are all hanging out and you all know how much I complain and, and you need to be playing nice to him. So this is what I would say. Please invest in your mental and emotional health. Find some support, especially if you're a high achiever, because I don't want to say that everybody's like, we are super women. We are not super women. We are human and, and we need to be supported and we need help. So do that and Really, if you want to improve your relationships, find someone who can guide you through that with the expertise um, that you really need. I hope you guys truly enjoyed this Q&A episode. 
And if you have more questions, please find the link below and I will be more than happy to answer more of your questions. And I will see you in the next episode. And remember, may we stay deeply connected to ourselves and those around us. Thank you so much for loving yourself enough to spend the time deep diving into what you need to feel, heal and connect again. My hope is that you are able to connect with yourself and others differently today. Please share this with other women in your life. It is time we share the wealth when it comes to connecting deeply with ourselves and those around us. Make sure to write a review on all your favorite listening platforms and join us on YouTube as well. You can always learn more about working with me at ludmiwawoodruff.com and I will see you next week. Thank you.